you guys just made a comment on that, that you still do subscribe to the idea of masculinity being important, but it might not look the way that it traditionally does. Right. I don't think that me submitting to her vision for her career takes away from me being masculine. Masculine men do what they want to do regardless of what anybody thinks. As an artist, they're assuming that I'm the one who's like owning this thing and I'm the one who's like the driving force behind it. But it's beautiful that you get that fulfillment from playing the role that you want to play. But I think some people did have a hard time with that transition because they assume that somehow you're taking an L because I'm now the artist that he used to be. Hi, lovers and friends. As per usual, I'm sick. My kids are sick. So Zaya is a special guest on this intro. So let's talk about submission. My fave definition of this comes from my friend Hafiz who broke it down like this. Sub is to be underneath and mission is a person's purpose or agenda. So when someone submits to someone else, they're under that person's purpose or agenda. And when it comes to romantic relationships, the concept in a healthy one is to be stronger together. And this is a concept we've discussed before when we did the episode four with Jeannie Mai about self-expansion theory. There is this theory is called the self-expansion theory, and it essentially says that humans are unique to other animals and that rather than just needing the basics of food, water, shelter, safety, belonging, we also need achievement. And that's what makes it different. So we are just as driven to find somewhere safe to sleep at night as we are to get up in the morning and strive for something. Yes. So when we're in a relationship, it's an opportunity for achievement because you can learn something else. You see the world broader. You have I a new love circle. That. So we Wait, are- Wait, when you're in a relationship, it's an opportunity for achievement. Yes. That is why I'm in my relationship. You just nailed it right there. What's that thing called again? Self-expansion theory. And the best way to expand together is to take stock of each other's strengths, then create a dynamic that aligns with that reality. But what happens where in the end of this audit, you realize that your strengths fall outside of traditional gender roles. And furthermore, you realize that the man's strengths are actually best suited to the woman's success. How does it work in a relationship? And furthermore, can it work when her career mission becomes their mission? And that is what we're talking about on this episode of Lovers and Friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, Lovers and Friends. I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I say. This episode is not about finances per se, but instead it's about binary relationship dynamics where the couple works together to maximize the success of the woman. But you know me, I love me some stats. So let's ground our discussion in some before we get right back on track. Can I, can I do this please? Can I do this please? Okay. Yeah. 30 years ago in married heterosexual households, the man was the breadwinner, thus considered the head of the household. And as a result, when most of us hear that term, our minds see a man. But things are changing. For starters, the marriage rate has declined and more single women have become heads of their household. And secondly, as women continue to achieve higher education levels, Zai Zai, you got something to say about that? And as we collectively continue to work towards sexual equality and the younger generation benefits from that work, even when they are in a marriage where you have two earners in the household, it is increasingly common to see a woman as a financial head. This notion of money being connected with power is something that we have worked tirelessly internally to dismantle, but we definitely still feel the bite of this externally from people who think that a woman on top of the business equals a man down. 
And because of this social taboo, couples rarely talk about what it's like to survive and thrive within this increasingly less unorthodox dynamic, which is why I am thrilled to be having this conversation today, not only with my two real life friends, Jade Nova and Devin Johnson, but also at the end of this episode with my husband, Jared Brady. So what is it like to be under my mission? Your success, and I don't mean this in any kind of like negative way, but your success would look a lot different without me being involved. Y'all, I loved that conversation with Jared and I can't wait to share it with you. But first, another conversation I'm dying for you to hear with Jade Nova and Devin Johnson. Jade Nova is a multi-hyphenated artist whose original music has amassed over 50 million views. Her albums, All Blue, and Stages have garnered millions of streams. And in 2019, she was nominated for a 2019 NAACP Image Award for Outstanding New Artist. Her husband, Devin Johnson, is no stranger to the spotlight. He is a producer, writer, and arranger and composer. His credits range from Rihanna, Lizzo, Nicki Minaj, Kelly Rowland, Stevie, American Idol, and of course, Jade Nova. Devin and Jade married in 2015. The duo recently wrapped Jade's tour, where Jared was the opening act. And Jade now has a brand new single called Butterfly that is available right now for download. Okay, now that you're up to speed on what we're talking about and who we're gonna be talking with, Let's get all the way into it right after this word from Hungry Root. Lovers and friends, I don't know what's gotten worse, figuring out what to feed Ryu or Jared. But luckily, there are services out there like Hungry Root to get you out of the drama of figuring out what to eat. Get your recipes, groceries, and meal planning done all for you with Hungry Root. Take a fun, short quiz so Hungry Root can get to know you, your goals, how you like to eat, and other important details like What kitchen appliances do you have and use? Then once you're done, Hungry Root builds your entire cart for you based on their gold standards. It has to taste good. It has to be quick to make and contain whole trusted ingredients. Look, life is a lot. Feeding yourself and the people that you love doesn't have to be. And right now, Hungry Root is offering lovers and friends listeners 30% off your first delivery and free veggies for life of your subscription. Once again, because you want to make sure that they know who sent you, go to HungryRoot.com lovers to claim your 30% off your first delivery and to get your free veggies with Hungry Root. Hi, friends. Hey. What's up? I really mean that. Yes. <laughs> I really do. Um, I was on Twitter the other day and there was this thread about buy panic. Are you familiar? Mm-mm. Buy panic? No. I wasn't familiar either, but for some reason it caught like my attention. panicking when you find out that you're bi? It's when somebody is bisexual and they encounter a couple that is so sexy <laughs> that they panic because they don't know who to be attracted to. Oh. And when I opened it up, you guys were on that list. No, we were what? not. Yes, you were. We were on this list? Yes. Why didn't you send it to me? I should have. <laughs> this would have been great Instead, for myself. I just looked at it and I was like, yes, I agree. That is hilarious, yo. Definitely send it over. (laughs) So I wanted to read something to you guys and get your immediate reflection to it, okay? How does it work and can it work when a man realizes his partner's potential and then makes her mission their mission? Sounds about right for us. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think the word submission scares me or has scared me in the past. When I look at it from a traditional sense or what... 
society says submission typically is with a man kind of being the dominant head of the household. And, you know, I, I had said to him, I feel like there's a thin line between submission and control. I'm so confident in myself that I can I can carry out her vision and know it doesn't take away from me as a masculine man because I have she has her ways of, of submitting to me uh, when it comes to our house and our finances and how I the see creative the creative process. Yes. Mm -hmm. How I see the vision for for the creative process, for, uh, you know, our our financial legacy, what we're building for our son. Oh, yeah, like numbers it, make me itch. So naturally, yeah, so, I will submit to him on that. I can't. It just. <laughs> yeah, so she runs the business. I run I run the home. And I love that. I actually was talking about this. You with, think I run the business and you run the home? I, I mean, run it in terms of. Sorry, your, no, no, it just caught me off. In terms of your your will needing to, you know, like what, what your vision is, me being submissive to to carry it out mm -hmm. to say what do you want do you feel comfortable with this how do you want to be perceived okay that that's it cool i'm gonna make it happen yeah okay yeah i think what you're saying is that like financially in terms of like whose career we pour into mm -hmm. it's your career yeah. yes and so we take your leadership in this realm yes. but in every other realm um you're the lead yes yeah they're right about right for sure yeah um, it was interesting because I had this conversation with Jared before talking to you guys, which usually we have it in reverse, wherein we have the couple, we listen to their talk, and then we reflect on it. But Jared knows you guys so intimately, yeah. and he had to go. So <laughs> we had to do that first. And he had an interesting aha because our dynamic is very similar to your guys, which is why I think, you know, we bond for so many reasons. Yeah, but for sure. He was like, there's a major difference, though, because in Devin's case, this was always going to be your reality. Right. As a musician, as a producer, you were always going to be underneath someone else's mission. Yep. Um, it's just another dynamic that it happens to be your wife. Yeah. Whereas yep. in Jared and I's case, he never envisioned himself being under anyone else's mission. Mm. So there was like a twofold thing to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was something that, because I, I was an artist first, so. Uh, oh, it's just so that. interesting. I yeah. was a writer who did not want to be an artist, and he was an artist who wasn't producing for other artists. But because I was a musician first, I understood the the benefit of collaboration. I was I was in a singing group that I that I led uh, in high school. Uh, it was four four guys that we we sang together. I played in church all my life. So I knew the power of needing to collaborate more so than a lot of artists who just like, I need some beats and then I'm going to go in the studio at the house by myself and record something. So that's always been very important to me to find, to find my musical tribe um, and be able to support someone else's vision. So then tell me about that. Did you meet Jade and then decide like, I'm going to let this go and focus here? Or had you already made that decision? I'd already made that decision maybe... A year, maybe two years prior to that, to that when we met, and like mm -hmm. I was solely focused on being a, a music producer when, like, when I met her. So, because this was like the foundation of your relationship and how you came together, was navigating the woman being the head a struggle for you guys internally or externally? Mm. No, it it wasn't. It wasn't tough for me at all because creatively she still trusted my vision. So I, I didn't feel like a lack of control. It was just like, how do you want to be presented? And then I will carry us forward in presenting, presenting us. I mean, pre helping you present like that. And how, how, how has that been for the two of you? Ooh. I love the fact that we get to work together and be lovers for the most part. I think it, 
it heightens our chemistry. I think like you were saying, when we were playing together and I'm like, oh, Devin, you're playing drums. This is so sexy to me. You know, like I mean that. Like I'm very much attracted to creative people. I'm very much attracted to you because of what you do and and what you bring to my artistry, you know. But it is a lot to balance sometimes. And I'm curious how we would even do that because I am, I think that because we've been doing this together for so long, I kind of have this, possessiveness with him as my producer the same way that I do as my husband. So I don't even know how I would feel at this point for him to be working the way that he works with me with any other woman. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was very hesitant uh, about it and, you know, just because of the, the warnings from other people, like just, will this work or how long will this last? Will our careers like fall under if we don't stay together? Like those kind of thoughts. And it's been amazing for me to to be able to do this with with my partner every day and to, and to to wake up and brainstorm or you know just have this um this level of of understanding that we're working for the same goal and that we love each other and and that it it just is is very different than doing it with someone who who doesn't have your best interest at hand. Mm -hmm. I feel safe. Yeah. I feel seen. I feel protected. I feel loved. I know that he's always going to make sure that I'm taken care of. Yeah. That I'm always presented in the best way. Like I couldn't imagine doing this with anyone else. It does put an immense amount of pressure on our relationship, though. You know, because if one thing falls apart, the other thing suffers. And I think one of the downfalls. Everything's great, but sometimes it's hard to like disconnect one from the other. So if we're having a creative difference, it's hard for it to not show up in our marriage sometimes, you know, would you, would you agree? Um, I say the other way around a creative di difference doesn't seem to come into the marriage as much as more so the personal differences um, that can get in creative. It's like, all right, well, I don't, do we want to go downstairs and work? Right. Like, I don't want to work with you. No, right? I don't want to work. <laughs> I don't want to look at your face. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely more of the personal side is, has, has the bigger effect in my opinion. Cause I think what's interesting about your guys dynamic in particular is that because I know you intimately, I know of your success and I know of your success and all the credits that you have. So what you're doing for Jade, you could be doing for anybody. Yeah. And do you think that there would be more legitimacy that people would see if you didn't do it for your wife and you did it for Ariana Grande, for example? Yeah, I've actually worked with Ariana, uh, not in the same capacity as her. I, I worked with her uh, as an arranger uh, for uh, a couple shows that sh that she had done, a award show, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, th I, I definitely think it would legitimize me more. But I'm I'm really big into to ownership and building my own. Like I don't need the validation of other people. I've worked with a, a ton of people, Lizzo. Uh, Ariana, Kelly Rowland, Rihanna, uh, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, Bad Boy <laughs> Tour. Come on, he's got it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm, I've been in this game for such a long time that I don't I don't even care about that stuff anymore. I just want to be happy and I want to build something of my own uh, to be proud of and to leave to my to my family. I love the own word because is that difficult to navigate? Where you're like, no, your success is my success, and that everything that we that you perform, we do. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's not a struggle for me. Again, I'm very fulfilled. Like I feel fulfilled just like 
putting out an amazing song and just seeing her be praised for it, like that's that's fulfilling to me. I think it's more so weird though for the people around him who have saw him in an artist capacity and now shifted towards putting his focus into what we're creating. And you know, not to throw under the bus, we love her here, but I think your mom had a hard time with that shift because you know Devin was an artist and she saw him in this way and in a lot of people's minds like being the artist means you're the most successful right. so when he started to pour into my stuff it's like well what's he doing in LA he's just going there with you or you know is, what is he going to be doing here are y'all moving there I mean is he happy and we're like yeah he's doing exactly what he wants to do but because of the perception like that Batman and Robin thing like whoever's the face of it is the one who's like the one you know people assume that he's not doing some of these things or making some of these choices on his own or that it doesn't serve him somehow because he's not getting the, the, well, I mean, I feel like you get the praise, but you know what I mean? Like as an artist, they're assuming that I'm the one who's like owning this thing and I'm the one who's like the driving force behind it. But it's beautiful that you get that, you know, fulfillment from playing the role that you want to play but I think some people did have a hard time with that transition because they assume that somehow you're taking an L because I'm now the artist that he used to be. Could your guys' dynamic work in reverse? I don't think so. I mean, because I don't think that I have to offer what Devin has to offer for me. Because let me break down all that he but does, what if, though. But what, if, but what if I was what if I was an artist and you were just writing songs for me? It still wouldn't be the same because well, let me tell you something. You produce my songs, so he's making the music. You co-write songs with me. You're my musical director, which means that he puts my live shows together. You're my keyboard player. You're my drummer. You mix our songs. You engineer my sessions. You manage my career. We own a label together. You're my creative partner. You write my jokes with me. (laughs) Like You literally do all these things that... like. I just, I couldn't do without you, and I don't think that I could do for you. So, no, I could not do what he does for me. Yeah, I could write you some songs and write you some jokes if you want to put on a Beyonce wig. So but I, like... I need a bigger stick in the company then. <laughs> I mean, but wait, don't get it twisted now. Wait, hold nah, on, Because she's writing. She's exactly, singing. for she's sure. She's producing. It's just, I don't think that I could give you all that you provide for me. I don't need it. We're good. <laughs> I love it the way that it is. Mm. Seriously. I love that. I think that um, kind of in reflection of relationship dynamics not being fixed, like equality not meaning 50-50, but instead sometimes 100 and zero and sometimes 80, sometimes 20. Mm -hmm. But like when you math out the entirety of it, it's around 50-50 somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so in our particular dynamic, I think for the duration of Jared and I's relationship, he's been underneath my mission and he's worked towards my success and we've pulled resources to push my name up. And now after having the second baby, I like really feel that J-Lo effect of like, I just don't want to be looked at for a bit. Mm. And actually, interestingly, I was saying this to him, um, when the tour opportunity came up with you guys and this was like a confrontational decision. <sighs> Girl. What's the word? No, what's the word? Controversial yeah. decision, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like is he used or naughty? Is he going to go or is he not going to go? It wasn't even a second thought for me Hmm. because I am so ready to enter into a season of less for me and abundance for my partner. Mm -hmm. And I'm ready for us to switch and for us to be underneath his mission. And so I think keeping in mind that switch, um, knowing that it's not always going to be 50-50, but you lean into each other's strengths at different Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And you have to sacrifice to his needs at different times. Yeah. We were so scared to ask him. If he would oh, be down no, to no. go. Oh, no, no. I was so scared. So Devin, 
No. Yeah, you, I, mean, I was I was I was gonna ask, like I'm gonna ask, but she was de- she was really scared. I was so scared. I told you, but this I too. was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, my instinct is to protect Shan because I understand what that feels like. It's a very vulnerable time, and I'm like, but I was like, to not put it out there would but just to not be put it out there like, a disservice to him, yes. especially when the the tour before got canceled mm-hmm. uh, during COVID. Yeah, so I was like, I know they'll make the best decision. Like they're they're smart people. They'll figure it out. So I had to relinquish that anxiety, but I did have it. I did. And people said stuff to me, too. Like, some of your people <laughs> was like, why don't you move your tour? Like, how dare you? She's pregnant. I'm like, yo. Wait what? a second. <laughs> no, for real. No, it was a gift to our family. It oh, was wow. such a gift to our family. It was such a gift to Jared. Like, it was, it would never make a different decision, no matter what the occasion was. Um, and it was small. I had a beautiful birth. It was me and my sister. We had an incredible time together. I wouldn't mm. change a single thing. And the yeah. confidence that he got, the joy that he got was insane. Interestingly, actually... Him being taken away from the family allowed him to give back so much more. Mm. Yep. And that was also a great learning curve for me, too, because he just came back a better father, a better husband, a better version of himself because he got to see his vision realized. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I'm starting to see a little bit of that, too. And don't get me wrong, like he pours into us and he feels that joy for what we have. I think it's taken him a little longer than you did, though, to get to that place of like complete confidence and certainty. Yeah, especially being an artist. That's, it's, a, it's a little different in, in that role. So I, I definitely. Well, I didn't know you were an artist, too. So this is already something that you <laughs> can relate yeah. to. And I still may be an artist one day. Who's who knows? I would love that. Make a duet album. No, 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 not not like more more like producer uh, compilation album type artist. Okay, you're like right DJ Khaled, right? Uh, not like DJ Khaled. <laughs> he sucks. That's my social clip. Thanks, yep. Devin. Oh, no, you can't say that he's the best. That's what he says. He said we the best, and he definitely needs the we. <laughs> oh no! Let's switch gears before you. Popping in to give a huge kudos to the connection and communication between Jade and Devin. Fun fact, they were and continue to be one of Jared and I's earliest couples goals because we played a game of taboo with them. And when I tell you guys, they were so incredibly in sync, it was inspiring. Also, I wanna remind you to stick around because at the end of this episode, Jared and I also share our thoughts on this topic. And also, 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 I wanna talk to you about our last sponsor of this episode, BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself is a lifelong process. And personally speaking, it definitely helps to have someone to guide you along the way, especially when you feel lost. Whether you want to explore your personality, your values, your goals, a conflict, or work through challenges that are keeping you from being your best self, BetterHelp can get you there. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist or counselor within two days of signing up. It's therapy done entirely online, suited to your schedule, and they have financial aid to meet you where you're at so you can get where you want to go. Now, I'm aware that therapy is not one size fits all, and so is BetterHelp. I am also a big believer that the only way and the only person who knows if therapy is right for you right now is you. And if you feel like I'm personally talking to you, discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lovers today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash lovers. And if you have used BetterHelp because of my recommendation in the past, I definitely want to hear from you. So please email or DM me. For everybody else who wants to get started, I'm going to say it one more time, betterhelp.com slash lovers. Um, How does it feel to be referred to as Jade's husband? Um, 
it it feels good for the most part just because I I've seen just seen the transformation over the years, especially because we're doing this independently. That's the biggest thing. Um, and just seeing how it's kind of spread like crazy. Like I don't go anywhere where I'm not recognized, like for being Jade's husband. <laughs> <laughs> um it's like, well, you should know my name too. If you if you if you if you know me well enough to know what what work I do for my wife, then you should know my name for sure. Do people call you Jade's husband? Yeah, yeah, I get that all the time. Like, oh, aren't Jared you hates it? Aren't you Jade Nova's husband? I don't know if you're being politically correct right now, but Jared, no, nah, I don't gets hate it under his skin. I don't hate it because I get it. Like, I know, like you're gonna know her. You're gonna know her first. So I don't, I don't hate it, but I'm like, well, you should go and. I don't like it for you. It bothers me. It does. It bothers me when people call you like Mr. Nova and stuff like that. Somebody's called me Mr. Yeah. Nova? Uh-huh. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Why does it bother you? Because I know all that he is and all that he does. And I know how much he pours into me and like what he's doing. Like, I promise he's not being politically correct. Like, I've never experienced a relationship, a partnership on any level where there was someone who wanted me to take up so much space like this, you know? And so I want that for him. Not that he doesn't take up space, but I want for people to understand who he is as Devin Johnson. That's why I'm like listing off all the things like I'm his biggest cheerleader because he will shrink himself. You shrink yourself sometimes so that I can take up all the space. And I don't like that. I mean, I appreciate it and I'm grateful because I've never had anyone who encouraged me to do the things that I do or the things that you've encouraged me to do. But yeah, I want him to have his his credit. He is Devin motherfucking Johnson and he is the <laughs> reason why I am Jade Nova. We picked out my name together, you know, like we built this together. And so he's very much just, if not more important in this brand, you know, than I am. The only thing I don't like is when people are like, don't you play keys for 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 Jay? Don't you? you you're like the keyboard player. Like, no. I'm like among other things. Like, <laughs> yeah. please don't diminish me to just a keys player. Do you feel a pressure when you're the one who's taking up 100? percent Pressure? What kind of pressure? Pressure to perform. Pressure to make money. And yes. what? Yes. Mm -hmm. You're saying this is somebody who's never taken a maternity leave. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what really like put into focus for me of like, I'm really tired. You know what I mean? Like, I think at this point in my life, like, yeah, I definitely do feel that pressure. And um, some of that's self put because coming from parents, when you come from like uh, the financial mindset that I come from is if you're not making money, then you're poor. So you have to always be working. Same. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not working, then you're poor. That's just to say that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I've always had that fear, the scarcity mindset around money in general. But yeah, absolutely. I think that exists. And it's interesting because Jared's on this show right now. Um, and he and I were shooting yesterday. And so I'm underneath his mission. Like I'm on that show as Jared's wife. And one of the scenes that we shot was we were recording a podcast, which our traditional dynamic is if we're recording a podcast, I'm leading. But because it's like, his show and it's a mock podcast that we're recording. I'm like, how's this going to work? Because I should be doing most of the talking, <laughs> but he did most of the talking and this guy fucking slam dunked it and carried it. Like he did yeah. the whole thing. And I was like, I really don't, I don't have to put the pressure that I put on myself as heavily as I do. Yeah. I don't have to have that fear that if I'm not like going the extra mile, that my partner's not going to be right there with me. So I'm learning to let go of that a little bit, but mm -hmm. it exists. Yeah. What about for you? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think because it's not traditional that the woman is the one who's being submitted to, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, like when we moved back to Atlanta, I had a panic attack. Like my very first panic attack literally blacked out in our living room floor because we were moving to Atlanta because of me. Like I was taking a radio gig and I did feel an immense amount of pressure for it to work. And I was miserable, miserable in yes, it. Yes, I remember that story. Yeah, I was extremely depressed. But I'm like, I made our family move. Like he rallied behind me and we picked up and left the place that he wanted to live in for me. So yes, I felt a pressure to like stay in a situation that was making me depressed and sad. And yeah, so I'm still working through that. I'm interested if you guys have this experience because in the past two years, say post-pandemic, there's a culture of traditional ideology around gender roles that's in reemergence, which makes the conversation around masculinity and femininity a lot more prevalent, which in turn has created a lot more criticism or a critical eye on a dynamic that Jared and I share. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you have experienced that blowback at all. Um, I don't think that me submitting to her vision for her career takes away from me being masculine at all. Um, I think it shows that I am I am masculine, that I'm I'm comfortable and confident enough to support her and and still have have a, a confidence in myself to lead in all in all other aspects. Um, masculine men do what they want to do, regardless of what anybody thinks. Mm-hmm. And I yes. think even like. Oh, I'm sorry to cut off that very poignant <laughs> statement <laughs> because I'm right there with you. But yeah, like traditionally feminine, we are the creative. We are the flow. We do have the ideas and the masculine helps to carry it out. Like it's a balance and we both have a little bit of both in us. It's like this sort of spectrum and we make up for what the other one lacks wherever we need to. So I think we're both like a perfect balance of masculine and feminine. And I think in a balanced rela- relationship, both have to submit to each other. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's super important that um, men can support, uh, can can submit to their women. Like, I think that's uh, a necessary part of a, a strong relationship and something we don't see enough in our society. Yeah. To close, thing out, to close things out, we talked about at the top that this is an uncommon conversation to have. It is not an uncommon reality, though. Statistically, this is about what half of heterosexual couples are going through right now. Why don't people talk about it? Why don't people talk about women being submitted to? Yeah. This, why isn't this dynamic championed? Why isn't it talked about? Like, why is it something that we feel like when we're going through it, like we're one of few versus one of half? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's intimidating you know, to the patriarchy. I mean, we're women who are successful, women who are um, at the forefront, who are leaders. I think that throughout history has always sort of been that way, that women are kind of written out of the narrative. So I think whoever's gatekeeping the conversation is uncomfortable at the concept of women being submitted to because traditionally, you know, religion, all these things that we're fed, um, it's uncomfortable to think about women being submitted to just based on the way that we look at submission as a a feminine duty, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, even in in pop culture and in music, 
there's been a huge divide among men and women, especially in music with it's like, uh, I don't want to throw names out there, but the, Ooh, are the, we doing names? The, you know, the city girl movement of, I don't, I, I don't need a man unless he's, he's bringing money into my situation. And then men on the other side of, I don't need a woman unless she's sexy. And yeah. like, it's, there's a big divide among among men and women, and I don't think we know what partnership really means at, at all. We don't have wow. much in pop culture that really shows us what that is, especially in the black community, um, because you know, as, as we we talked about gatekeepers a, a couple times, but I don't think they I don't think they benefit from us being our best selves uh, in partnership together. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they benefit from that at all, and I you know. That's a bigger topic of <laughs> of uh, racism and and kind of keeping an oppressive uh, an oppressive hold on our narrative as as black people, especially in music. It's terrible. It's terrible. And and how normalized that is for us to be so divided and to speak against uh, men speak against women and women to speak against men. Um, and yeah, we just don't have many examples of that, which is why we love you guys. We Which is why guys. we love you. <laughs> There's more and more examples every day of of people who are changing that narrative, and I'm I'm glad we can be a part of it. I'm glad you guys can be a part of it for sure. Well, my man said, <laughs> <laughs> "What's the um, what's the where people can find you? What they can listen to? Butterfly, obviously, but what's yeah. all that good stuff? Mm, you can find me Jade Nova, J A D E N O V A H everywhere. Yeah." And you can find me at Mr. Devinair, D-E-V-I-N-A-I-R-E. Mm-hmm. And go listen to The Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Go yes. listen to The Butterfly. Go stream. Support independent art, you guys, because it's produced by my husband and it's sung by me. Yes. And written by you. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else by you. <laughs> <laughs> Only love you because I love myself. That version of me no longer exists no more. Toxic for my health I lost my colors Trying to please another Jerry Brady. I'm chewing ice. Okay, sorry. That's a big no-no for podcasts. <laughs> All right, you tell me when it's melted. Oh, it's gone. Okay, good. What do you think? So this topic is, I think it's like a, it's an interesting one because I think it doesn't get talked about a lot on the internet, but it, it is reality in most relationships that I see all the time. Yes. Even when the man is so-called, you know, the up and front person, right? They're usually always looking out for the person that they're they're with. They're trying to build that legacy. They're trying to help them out with their dreams and their goals. So I don't think it's like uncommon for the man to be like, I see something great in you and I want to water that. I want to grow that. I want that to see that come to fruition. Um, and, and we're agreeing to provide the bulk of our resources towards the woman's success. Yeah. The woman's outward success. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's interesting because it goes against, I guess, what society deems as normal. 
it's like no it's usually they're usually talked about like no the man's goal is like the the one that everybody's trying to facilitate and or it's we got our separate goals i'm not working on your stuff i support you but i'm doing my thing and you're doing your thing and then we meet to meet in the middle um which is fine too but it's not the middle it's usually like you can make 30% of the income, I make the other 70. Yeah. And then in, but I was thinking about this because even in dynamics where one, the man is the clear breadwinner, because there's two different types of relationships that we're talking about. We're talking about women being the head of household. There are times where the woman is the financial breadwinner and the man brings in no income or far less income. But there are other times where the woman is the financial lead, but they are equally working together towards supporting that reality. Mm. So the only way that she is capable of being the lead is because her partner pools their resources into her. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking with a celebrity, not celebrity. She's a celebrity because her husband is a huge celebrity. Mm -hmm. And so she was going to come on the podcast and I was like pitching ideas and then she was pitching all these soft ideas. And I'm like, really, I'd love to talk about the fact that everybody views you as only having your success because of his success and mm -hmm. how that plays out. And I couldn't say that because it is the taboo that exists. So even though this is gendered, I think on both sides, there is an awkwardness that comes when one person is the face of the financial success of a couple. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I think in, in our dynamic specifically, it's like, yeah, your face you're more well-known, you have a, a career that is established and that is visible to the world. Whereas like for me, I'm really behind the camera when it comes to you. Of course, you pull me on your podcast and you do that. And I ain't gonna lie, the videos that I'm in always do numbers. So, you know, hey, hey, it is what it is. We gotta just call a spade a spade. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like your success, and I don't mean this in any kind of like negative way, but your success would look a lot different without me being involved. Yes. And I don't think that is acknowledged a lot when it comes to people who see the visual of your success, right? Because I'm not always toe-to-toe -to -toe equal when it comes to facing on the camera. Yeah. Um, whereas when I look at Devin and Jade, they're in a slightly different position than us. And I say that by meaning his goal was to be a producer. Yeah. His goal was to be somebody who is on the financial business side when it comes to music. So he is a, he's actually living his goal, you know? Um, and so I don't, I think if it wasn't with Jade, it would have been with someone else. I think the difficult thing is when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're working with them. So what is it like to be under my mission? Um, you know, it's it's different. It's difficult. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's not it's not something that's easy to swallow. It's not something that's easy to to go about, but the fruits of what we create and the life that we build makes it all worth it. And also the understanding that, you know, there will be a time when roles flip, right? There will be a time where instead of all the resources going towards your your uh, dream and your things that you're going on, it's going to flip. It's going to go towards mine. Um, and so there's like a, it's a difficult thing. It's, it's weird because um, when let's say we go on a, on a call, right? And we got a, somebody who's interested in working with us. It might be a big brand and they're complimenting you on your work. They only say your work is amazing. Yeah. Does that bother you? 
I would be lying. I'm a human being. Like I, I put pride into our work. I put a lot of love. I put a lot of time. I put a lot of care and I think about it often. Um, and so the person who is on the post side of everything or behind the scenes or setting up the camera or trying to figure out how to better our shots, they never get the record recognition, which would be fine if we weren't in a relationship, right? I don't, I don't need the recognition because I know that I'm doing what I got to do, right? But when, it, when you're with the person that you're actually in love with and the roles are reversed and it's taboo, there's like an added weight of like, dang, do people think that I'm just, you know... A house husband. Yeah. Do people think I just take care of the kids and not really do anything financially for this family? Um, so there is a weight when it comes to that for sure. Uh, and it's difficult. And maybe in early years, it was a lot more difficult for me. I used to grapple with it heavily. Um, Did you confide in me? I don't think so. Did I? You you would know. I don't think so. I mean, this is the thing. It's like, it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, I think that we've gotten to a beautiful place of understanding. Our work relationship used to be the worst facet of our relationship. Yeah. And then there became a time where it was the best by far to the point that our romantic relationship was ignored. Um, I think now we're at a good balance with both. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do. I do okay. agree. I actually, I feel a little self-conscious because my, my work has been getting a lot busier and I can, I don't have the time to pour into you as much as I used to. Oh, interesting. I don't feel, yeah. I mean, I feel no, right now I feel completely Zen. I feel like so yeah. harmonious with you. I feel like we're just like, eye to eye, like we're getting it right now yeah. and we're giving all that we can given how finite our resources are, you yeah. know, time and yeah. everything else. So I don't feel any of that, but that to be said, I think there was a time where it was like so hard to talk about because it was so sensitive. Mm. The work dynamic was sensitive. And I think that the point that you brought up is so true in that Devin's dreams would make it easier, even though there is still like a social judgment element to that because you're romantically partnered but he already had set himself up mentally to be that person to someone else. Yeah. And for you, when I met you, you wanted to be a star. You wanted to be a musician. You wanted to be on stage. Your passion is in performing. It's in being front and center. So to accept that you're going to propel your wife to be further front and further center at the cost of pursuing your own dreams, um, that would have been a really big challenge. And you know, we definitely tried to balance both. Mm -hmm. I think we've gotten better over the years, but I deeply appreciate that there came a time, and I think I know when that switch happened, when you were like, this is what's best for our family, and this is what's going right now, and this is, what's, I'm, this is what I'm going to give right now. Mm. It's the microaggressions that would get to me. From me? No, not from you. Just in general in life. The microaggressions from... You know, either the online community or the microaggressions from our peers, our peers and our family. Oh, yes. I can see the way that they would look at me. I could see the way that they would they would treat me. Um, you know, there was this like narrative in not only your family that you like walked all over me so that I can facilitate your, your dreams. Right. But it was a choice. And so there was like a, a, a feeling or a microaggression, like sometimes your dad would say certain things, like he would pull me to the side and be like, you know, you, you got to prioritize yourself too. And I remember just thinking like, is this a secret thing that everybody who looks at us is always like, Jared is not focusing on anything that he wants to do and he's only focusing on his wife, um, which is, you know, true, but I wish people understood the circumstances, right? I wish people understood like, hey, look, Shan is having a moment right now. I haven't had that moment yet. 
I have the skills to continue to elevate that and push that forward. And we have a lot of big dreams outside of our career. We have a lot of things that we wanted to do. We wanted to buy a house. We wanted to have children. We wanted to get married. We wanted to do things in life that were milestones just as much as our career. And so I just wish people would understand that there comes a time when, yes, the career is the most important thing too, but when we're 70 and we look up and there's nothing else to do and we're just like living and our kids are doing great, that sacrifice is not going to mean anything. You know what I mean? It's like this was what was best for what we had going on. And I also knew how, like as soon as I met you, I knew the pocket and the the trajectory that you were on. I had to help because nobody else was. You know what I mean? So that's like kind of what the thing is. But I just wish people understood that those decisions were a man decision and not just like uh, somebody who's rolling over and giving up. You know? Yes. Do you know I'm crying? No. Why? Just like release and surrender. I'm just so like, I'm in awe of you. I'm grateful for you. I'm indebted to you. I'm just like everything. You're my leader. You're my king. I'm just so happy. And I think more and more, like as we walk into the season, interestingly, Jade and Devin are on this um, episode, right? And when you announced you were going on tour with them, I saw in the comment section, people were saying like, one, how could Jared do this? Cause I was giving birth. And two, mm. Jade, how could you ask Jared to do this? Because mm. Shan's about to give birth and you know, you're taking her husband and the father away. Mm. And the reason why I said yes to that is because we were starting into the season where we're like, Shan's getting tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and Jared is getting ready. Mm-hmm. Like those, those two things were happening. Like you were stepping more into your power, which I feel like as much as you've always wanted to be in the spotlight, I think your development took a little bit of time. Yeah. And I believe that I provided an opportunity for you to grow in the ways that you needed to. And us working together was not just working on me. It was working on you. Exactly. And that was the other thing that I was going to say was like all the skills that I had to develop to propel you was skills that I'm, I'm currently using now. Yes. You know, if you pull up our first video that we did on YouTube and then you pull up the last video or you listen to this one, they're going to be starkly different, you know? And so um, everything that I did for you actually made me ready for myself. And so I never look at it as a like a loss. And like we're in a, a different time and my story is not anybody else's story. And I'm OK with um, it taking a little bit more time. And I actually am grateful that it took a little bit of time because I don't know who I would have been if I would have just took off. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I would have cared about. Now I have a foundation. I have a family. I have children. I have a business. I have a foundation that will always be uh, the most important thing. And I don't think I'll ever lose myself to the, the, the trials and tribulations of entertainment. Um, so all in all, it's like, I just hope people, I hope that there's a lot more people who can have an awareness on who in the relationship needs to be poured into and be okay with that. Um, but it took me years to understand and to, to be okay with it. I, I grappled with it so long, you know, I grappled with it for years and years as we were going because there wasn't an understanding that I am just as an, as important and just as invested 
as you are in um, shared entertainment, Shamboodram, all of it. Um, and so it just feels like I think our community is starting to understand. It's always when we get to outside communities. Yeah. Because everybody looks at numbers. Oh, Shan's at 500,000, 600,000. Jared's at almost 100,000. So he's less pro productive than her. But it's like, no, everything that you see, I have had a hand in. You know what I mean? But I think it's, it's, it's one of those things. I, I just hope people can start to understand that the smoke and mirrors of blue rolls, pink rolls, the smoke and mirrors of who's the most important, who's bringing in the bread, who's doing this, who's who's providing, like all that shit has to be melted away. And I had uh, Stefan Speaks here on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was basically saying like, I have to ask you about your experience of Red Table Talk. I was surprised at some of the, the disagreements that we were having, all right? What was the pain point? The pain point was men leading in relationships mm -hmm. and more specifically, a man getting the final say-so in a relationship. And so essentially, I was making the argument of why the man should get the final say-so. So it was a lot of dad and just, you know, there was pushback on the idea of masculine and feminine. You know, yes. a lot of people, some of the people at the table did not care for that conversation. But again, my argument is, it's just, it, it's what it is. You know, it's the, it's the dynamic that exists in any healthy relationship. Even in homosexual relationships that are long-term and serious, they identify a masculine and a feminine. The formula for success in marriages is fair trade plus advancement. Mm. So fair trade is that we are equal partners and we're moving forward together. Mm. But equality, to your point, doesn't look like blue roll, pink roll. It looks like... I am leaning into your strengths. You are leaning into mine. We are taking stock of everything to figure out how we can move forward together. And that's a good partnership. And that's what we have. Yeah. And I would even take his his uh, phrase a step further because I think he's close to where he, where he wants to go. And I, I think I know where he's going with it. The relationship's the best when the man makes his decision and when the woman makes her decision. And sometimes that decision is to help you. But if your decision is, oh, my wife wants me to help her, I'm going to do it because I need to and it's good for me. But no, you got to make your own decision to help. You have to be in your joy to help. Same for the woman. Make her decisions. You know, we can make like I would love to um, people be comfortable in standing in their decisions. Right. Like for us, if there was something that you need me to do. And I'm like wishy-washy about it. And I'm like, oh, I'll just do it just to, I don't want no issues. Usually that comes out trash. The product comes out trash. The job comes out trash. The shot's not good. The, the, everything is not good. But if I'm like, I am going to make this decision because this is something that I want to do, it always comes out better. As of right now, you know, like I'm the best person for you. Vice versa. When it flips, I'm pretty sure as of right now, you're probably going to be the best person for me. And so it's just one of those things where sacrifices. It's sacrifices, and that's what all the relationship is about. I think the sacrifice, to kind of close this off, comes when there's also – it works when there's a desire behind it. Yeah. 
I am sacrificing a lot to give you space to shine yeah. and to start blossoming. I'm, I'm spending more time with the kids. Yeah. I'm spending less time on my jobs. We're yeah. turning down a lot more jobs because my capacity to work is just not there as it yeah. used to be. But my desire is for this to work out. Yeah. Just like when I started in my career, I had to make a ton of sacrifices that I wasn't getting paid for, yeah. that I wasn't seeing the payoff for immediately, but I knew that I had to do this in order for my long-term goals to be succeeded. And now my long-term goals are you, are yeah. your long-term goals. And yeah. when 11-11 comes and I wish for a minute for whatever, I wish for you first. And not because like I want this for Jared, but because I genuinely want this for me. Mm. And it means the world to me that for a very long time, you've wanted it for me. Yeah. Um, and you've done all that you can to give all that you have to me. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. Of course. I love what we built. I love what you're doing. I love um, the space that you take up. I love your community. And I mean, if your community was shit, and I thought your your ideas and your everything was shit, it would be a lot more difficult. But, you know, it's like something that is I've grown to love. I, I wasn't really into intimacy or learning about relationships or learning about the topics that you love. Um, but, you know, throughout the years, I've grown, um, you know, an admiration towards it and, and, and it's inspiring and it's something that's cool. And and I think that you're moving in a really cool space. Thank you, babe. All right. Let's end this shit because my ass is tired. And uh, we got an episode to finish and you have a rehearsal to go yeah. to because you are having a huge showcase tomorrow, Yeah, which I cannot wait to yeah. put on my hottest outfit for, Yeah, get the girls out, put on my pushiest of push-up bras and be front and center cheering, cheering for you. <laughs> and let's actually let me ask a question. Is it awkward if I'm at the front of the stage, you perform a little to the back? It's I can respect a little that. bit to the side, a little okay. bit. Okay, yeah. I, I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an episode of Lovers and Friends. Thank you guys so much. Rate and review. Cannot stress enough. Usually I would read them out, but uh, I'm a little under the weather and a little tired. Um, and I'm grateful that you took things home. And if you guys want to do what Jared did and step up for me right now in my time of need, go rate and review the podcast. That's what you can do. That little bit goes a very, very long way. Shout out to Jared. I don't know how to end this, so that's all. Goodbye. Lovers and friends, I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, Lovers and friends, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said,